everybody, welcome to The Highlight Show. This is a show within our show where we sit down and talk to people doing really cool stuff. It could be someone starting a restaurant, it could be a youth group, it could be somebody who has just gone through something hard and has a really cool story to tell. We sit down with them, we pick their brains, and we glean what life lessons we can learn from their journey. Give it a listen. No worries. Knock you both off your chairs. Hey, you know, if it happens, it happens. <laughs> yes. You're like, hi, this is so fun. Should we hold hands? <laughs> All right. Well, to everyone joining us listening, we are currently at Mama Toledo's Pie Hole. Uh, pie Hole. And I'm sitting here with Mama. Mama. That's, yep. People call me Mama. <laughs> and we're out here at Seventh uh, Street and Coral Gables. Yes. Right there, but so in between Greenway and Thunderbird. This is part of our highlights series where we're interviewing local creatives, business people, people who have brought their own personal flair to the Phoenix market. And so obviously with a name like The Pie Hole, I would hope that most of you can guess what it is that happens here. But I noticed that in addition to the location, you've also got food trucks and everything. How long have you been commercially selling the pies? Uh, seven and a half years. Seven and a half years. Mm -hmm. And so what kind of, where did the idea to start selling them come from? Well, <laughs> there's always a funny story behind the scenes. I love dessert. I grew up having ice cream before my dinner. I, I would saw eat that dinner. on the website. I thought that was hysterical. My mother, I would order at a restaurant and the waitress would always double check and she would say, yep, get her her ice cream <laughs> or she won't eat dinner. And so just throughout the years, I baked out of boxes just on my own as a little kid. Okay. And then um, I, my mom would always mess everything up and put nuts in it or just burn it or not put sugar in the brownies three times. And I'd be like, what is wrong with her? Like, she has, what, why can't she just get this right? So I just started making homemade stuff and making it the way I like it. So I'd take some of her recipes and tweak them. And a friend of mine that used to live in New York, she watched me get ready for a dinner party at my sister's house. And we were getting ready to walk out the door. And I was like hey, I forgot to make the cake. And so she thought I was just going to buy something. But in like five minutes, I whipped up all the stuff with the home, for a homemade carrot cake. Oh, wow. And she was watching me. And I go, well, let's just go put it in the oven at my sister's. And she was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, that is ridiculous. I've never seen anybody do something like that. I thought you were going to buy the cake. And she kept bothering me and bugging me. And she's like, you make such great stuff, but I can't get that, that craving cured anywhere. She's like, you need to open up a shop. You need to open up shop like in my ear, in my ear. And um, I ended up going to New York with her. So our lo our logo is very much <clears throat> New York inspired. Okay. Like we'll shut your pie hole because going to New York, I loved it because they're just, people are always saying they're so rude, but they're not. They're just matter of fact. Right. Like you like it or you don't. And we went and had soup in the village. And one of my friends was asking, how's the soup? We're, or we were eating and she ordered soup and she goes, well, how is the soup? And the guy looked at him and was like, what can I say? Soup is soup. And that just, like, it was stuck in my head. So I'm like, you want pie? We'll shut your pie hole. So that's how our slogan came to be. And she just kind of kept pressing me. And I, I thought there was no way I could pay bills making pie. I'm like, I was in real estate for years. And I was like, you're crazy. Like, that will never happen. And now I've been paying all my bills and in business for seven and a half years without another job. That's awesome. So the whole seven and a half years has been full-time dedicated to... That's since I was doing it commercially. So wow. before it was a year, probably a year and a half before that I started. 
and I was selling to people at my job and I created a flyer and I started gathering clients and I went to um, a farmer's the farmer's market without right. that was before I had the truck but we set up a table and tent and we <laughs> learned the hard way I had no idea what I was doing well I mean <laughs> to be fair I think that's kind of the way it has to be though you you can't know what you're doing the first time you do it no, so that's uh, that's awesome though that you were because it feels like that's where a lot of people kind of get hung up is they might have the passion for something and the ability for something but they just want to wait until they've got everything figured out first before they do it. So that's awesome that you were able to just kind of throw yourself into it like that with the help of a nagging friend, which Mm -hmm. doesn't hurt. Not at all. So are you, so you said you went to New York. Are you originally local or? Yeah, I'm originally local. Well, I'm originally from Wyoming, actually. That's where I was born. Okay. And then we moved out here when I was 14, so. Gotcha. And so how long were you in New York? uh, Just uh, like, no, we just went to New York for a visit. Oh, it was gotcha. just a little trip that I took. I was there maybe five, four days, four or five days. <laughs> and then brought the, the New York back <laughs> with you for the, oh, yeah. to shut I our pie holes. I always love New Yorkers because people, even in real estate, they'd be like, oh, I can't, see, you know, I need you to work with them, blah, 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 because I could <laughs> always relate. I'm like, Dude, I love it. I love their big attitudes. I love their, this is it. If you like me, you like me. If you don't, you don't. Well, and, you know, as long as they're good... And, as long as you're good with me being direct back, then what's yes. the problem? Like, right. those are the ones that are hard to deal with. If they're going to tell you exactly how they feel and then mm-hmm. get mad when you tell them how you're <laughs> right. feeling about it. So it doesn't sound like you got the baking habit from home. I mean, like, it was. Yeah, no, because <laughs> it's so funny because I got a lot of recipes. Like, it all orig- all of this is originated from my mother. Okay. In a weird roundabout way. As like a response to her rather than... (laughs) Yes, definitely. A response to her, a response to her death. Like, there Mm. was just a lot of things. Like, I was the... I I was an awful, rebellious, rebellious teenager is like an understatement. You know, as I was growing up, she ended up... She got cancer. And I stopped what I was doing and I quit my job and I took care of her. And I ended up being with her um, when she died. And it was very life-changing for me because I was a lot she was a lot like me she didn't want me to be like her but that was our biggest struggle like I'm gonna be however I'm gonna be you know whatever so it's funny because I was never really in the kitchen with her she cooked and she owned rest like we owned restaurants as okay. a little, like a little girl I was growing up hanging out in the restaurant booth sleeping in booths like if I ever sleep really really hard I could sleep in a booth with the dishwasher like the, the cling clang of the dishes and people in the kitchen is the best sleep I could ever get but, um, yeah, when she passed away, I just thought, man, she regretted so many things in her life because she just got held back by so many things and didn't, like, push through them. And I'm just not that way. <laughs> I'm like, if I want it, I'm going to get it, and I'm going to push everybody aside to get it. <laughs> so I will love you along the way, but you better move. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I love you, and that's why I want you to move so I don't have to run I you down. I don't have to hurt you. <laughs> That's fantastic. So when she passed away, I just, I ended up taking her cookbooks and she had a pie cookbook. But along that journey, I ended up taking, thinking I wanted to be a nurse because I took care of her. And I watched how hospice treated people. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to help people. The dying process is horrific anyways. So why can't, I I felt like I could benefit and help. 
<clears throat> but in the process, I worked at a care home with like five elderly women, and I started to learn how to cook. <laughs> like, my mom worked in a, like in restaurants, and she cooked, but I did not like I did not care to hang out with her a whole lot when I was growing up. So I learned how to cut a whole chicken. I learned how to cook like just basic stuff, and then I wanted to do something special for the ladies. And I went home and I opened up that pie cookbook and I made a pie crust from scratch and I made a raspberry oh, wow. pie and I took it in and the nurse I worked with was just like ridiculous for a week. She wouldn't stop talking about that pie. <laughs> that was the first pie crusher. Like all these questions. I'm like, I opened up a book and read the recipe. <laughs> and she was like, but dude, that she was like, that is not always the case that it was so good. Right. And so she started. That's what really started the baking process. Okay. For me. And that was in 96. How long did you kind of stay working other jobs and just kind of baking on your own and that a kind long, of stuff? A long time. It was a long time before. Because I started baking and it was mostly just for birthday dinners and, gotcha. and special gifts. It was really my gift to people. And so I thought I wanted to be a nurse and then that came to screeching halt because I had little kids so I was taking care of adults like right. kids but then going home and trying to take care of babies and I couldn't do it then I just life went on and I realized that's not what I want to do I ended up in real estate for about 12 years okay and then when the market it was just soul crushing really <laughs> real estate I it was fun when it was like the all-american dream and you're helping first-time homeowners get into their house and there was things that were really fun about it at first, but it quickly just started to dive. And uh, it was not fun. It was not fulfilling. Like, it right. wasn't fulfilling any great purpose other than, like, let's make the money and let's make it fast. And, like, we don't care what other what's going on with the poor people trying to buy the house. Right. But we're going to strong arm them and make them sign this agreement and waiting lists and tickets and lotteries. And it just got ridiculous. And then the the market tanked and then it was the short sale part and that was just really difficult for me to deal with having to be part of like i did watching not i was the middle person oh. between mortgage companies and homeowners and when these banks were not oh, it was so oh, it was infuriating because people that really needed to be approved would get declined and not be able to short sell their house so you got a husband that's dying a wife that can't make the bills they get declined. Then you've talked to these people who are investors and they've got three homes and they just want to get rid of this one because they've got a, a Jaguar and they've got all these cars and it's like those, those people would get approved and it was just, it just didn't make sense. And so I started baking pies and bringing them in and I started, try this one, try that one and try this. And then it just kind of rolled from there. I just started creating my menu while I was still working at the title company. And then eventually I had a friend, well, a friend of mine, Silvana, that owns the barrio i asked her if i could just pick her brain a little bit and ask her some questions and we met for coffee and she's like don't quit your day job until you know you have a marketable product so i created a flyer right before the holidays sent it out to everybody at work because everybody wanted me to bring the pies to the potluck and bring you know for free but i didn't know if they'd pay right so then i did that and i created a flyer and people ordered them they paid and they picked them up and then when i they asked if i was going to do it again for christmas so I was like, okay, I think I have a marketable product. Yeah. After that, I went across the street and I opened up a business account at the Bank of America. And actually this morning, he was the very first customer. The manager of that bank was my first customer outside of work and friends. He saw the flyer and he called me before I left the parking lot to order a pie. And that, that had to be eight years ago. And he came in the door this morning to pick up a pie. He's still a very loyal customer. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's great when I get to see him. Well, and it sounds like uh, as you're kind of talking about your, your path getting here, there's this kind of constant theme of 
really being motivated by wanting to help people. Yeah, definitely. And so how has that kind of played out in this chapter for you in terms of the, the with the pie so hole? so many ways. Sometimes it just brings tears to, to my eyes. I'm a little bit emotional today anyways. I think one of the biggest things is, is I wanted to teach the next generation how important it is to be in the kitchen and to cook because there's this bond that is created that you just, it's different than when you're just hanging out or you're order food and eat it. You know, it's right. just completely different. And this generation, we're so busy. We got technology. We got this. We got that. We're going to go. Everybody wants a drive through Everybody wants fast. And so the people that, I, the kids that have come through my shop and worked with me, it, it's been wonderful and fulfilling but it's been my biggest struggle because as a boss and a business person like how do you separate be the boss not be the friend but it just it just happens we get super close when some of the girls have left I'm like (gasps) little heartbroken Mm -hmm. like they're leaving they're moving on to do better you know different jobs not that this isn't a good job but it's kind of a start it's a starter right like this is not a career I do have one that has been with me for four years and it She's the main one, but because we're so small, it doesn't create a lot of avenues for a lot of careers. Like she, she's the main. She runs everything. Yeah. So she's got. She's kind of set, but everybody else is kind of part time and comes and goes. But you know, I think that when I sit back and think, have how many people I have created a position to teach them their first time, mm-hmm. and not just strangers, but even in my family, like my nieces, my great nieces worked here, my daughters work here, and my son-in-law. And that idea of kind of mentorship and. Kind kind of really helping people get their start, whether they're staying in baking or cooking or anything like that, but just the general kind of skills on how to go out and make their own way. Right. That's fantastic. One of the things that we've really enjoyed talking to people about is the the concept of craft in general. So Brandon roasts his own coffee. We're talking to people who, you know, craft beer, craft coffee, and then obviously everything in here, it, it's marked very clear. Everything we make is from scratch and made here. Mm-hmm. So just that concept of how much that sets a place apart when there is that personality in everything that's being done. Yes, it's huge. It, it, and I see it all the time. Um, and I know that's because why I'm successful. It's not because I have this great business brain and business mind and I know how to <laughs> I did not have a clue on how to run a business when I started. But I love what I do because what I was saying earlier is they were gifts and they're gifts of love. And I, yeah. I have very I have a lot of compassion for humankind. And I wanted to be a nurse and I wanted to do all this stuff, but I realized quickly that that, you know, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> and so when I started making the pies, it's just, there's so much energy and love that goes into it for me that when somebody comes in and buys a pie, they don't, they're not just customers, really. They, I mean, a lot of them come back because I'm behind the counter and we have these deep conversations sometimes. And I've, sometimes it's been like an hour therapy session, picking up a pie versus just coming in and grabbing a pie. And I, you know, I've always tried to teach the girls, like, if you really focus, because I'll come in on a bad day and everything burns and it doesn't taste good. So I'm like, dude, you got to be in that mindset of, like, I love what I do and I'm focused and I'm paying attention because that's what, I mean, seriously, when you say it tastes so good because it's made with love, like, that's really not just a saying. Like, I know the difference when I taste something that somebody really cares about versus somebody that's just in the kitchen throwing things together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that idea of it being 
a place for community in terms of if someone is really weighed down by something when they're coming in to get something, being able to have that one hour therapy session you were talking about, (laughs) like realistically. So we come from a fairly large family. So Brandon and I are cousins. And uh, one of the things we always joke about is the fact that food is never just food with our family. (laughs) Like it's always one of those things like the food is just what's there for everything else to happen like it's it's kind of that gateway to it but it also works the other way the food always tastes better in good company you know and so i think it's really it's so cool because this is a it's not a large shop but the whole time we've been in here so we came in earlier and bought coffee and all that kind of stuff it is it's a welcoming place everyone come in and enjoy it i don't know who it was i don't know whether it was a family member or an employee either way who was taking our coffee orders and stuff this morning but it was very much that sorry for for taking a little while but it wasn't the sorry that you get at most places where they've been told they have to say this it was hey you know i I really do appreciate you guys waiting on this here you go but there's also there's a great deal of confidence that comes from knowing that what you're going to give people, they're not going to mind the weight anymore. Right, right. And yes, that is a family member. That is my newest member to the pie hole. She's my niece and her first job. So oh, fantastic. Well, she's doing very well so far. Good. Delicious coffee. So when you first started the pie hole, did you have that goal in mind from the beginning of the mentorship? Or was that Uh, for family and others or was that something that you kind of realized as you were going you had the opportunity for no that was there from the get-go and (laughs) what i really wanted to do was work with at at risk youth okay that was the goal at the beginning and then i started (laughs) quickly found out i can't do that and try to get a foundation for my business right so i had to kind of call that quits and get not not such at risk. At, at lower I risk. Mean, my yeah. children are that. So <laughs> I'm like, that's how I can, I can talk to them however I want. All the youth is at risk. <laughs> yeah. Let's just be honest. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it, I had to kind of rearrange that. And um, th- throughout the years, like because I, I love hospice mm-hmm. and other areas, um, I would really like to have like a, a last meal service eventually. I just oh, have to. Oh, wow teach myself how to do nonprofit and figure out how to make that a branch of my business without it taking away from the Uh, business that's already created. Wow. That's fantastic. And so as far as like having the business and family together, it's kind of one of those things where they, it seems like all the advice is always (laughs) don't do it. Don't do it. Exactly. So how have you managed, how have you managed to kind of pull off that balance where you're able to have family working with you and smile as you talk about it? I go numb and I'm in denial most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) And honesty is key to all conversations. Exactly. Now I, I think it's been very difficult at times and sometimes I've been like, adamant okay this is it i'm gonna weed out family and then i but then what happens is you lose the ownership because if i'm just hiring employees they don't buy into it as much as my kids helped me i mean right. i <laughs> they have many stories where they're like, please mom i just want to go to school and i'm like if you don't have a test i'm calling you out because we have to stay up all night <laughs> and we have to finish this stuff for the market and you are not stopping you are working with me all night <laughs> If you're planning on having a home to live in, we've got (laughs) some priorities we got to figure out. All right. (laughs) 
So, yeah, I mean, it's been a difficult and we, we work through it. And I mean, there's been different times where we've all lived together and all worked together and, you know, some move in, some move out. It just kind of keeps circling. But I would much rather be surrounded by all family because now I'm having grandkids and I've got a five year old granddaughter who loves pie and she's worked the truck and she's she knows like she can recognize a business logo logo like crazy it's she's five and she was looking at a card she goes that 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 looks like walmart it didn't say walmart it was very faded logo but she was right it was a walmart credit card that's like that's their logo (laughs) start training young (laughs) get them ready Yep. Generations of the pie hole coming down. I got two more grandbabies coming this year. Oh, well, congratulations on that. Thank you. They will be in the mix for sure. That's fantastic. (laughs) How do you go about, I mean, so building that buy-in? Because you were saying it's not all family who work with you. So how do you try and ensure that buy-in and make sure that everyone who's working here with you is as invested in maintaining that high bar that you've kind of set for yourself well right now um last year i hired five new employees and none of them are here anymore because they just didn't get the buy-in fair (laughs) and i have one employee that is not family but she's worked with me for four years she comes to every family event (laughs) she's family now the last time i saw her i'm like i love you i gave her a hug we all went to the movies together (laughs) so (laughs) she's become family. she didn't start off as family but now she okay. came from actually Mary Coyles. When they closed down, the owner brought her over and said, I'll let you have her if she comes back when I'm ready to reopen. <laughs> after, right after he left, I looked at her. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. He does not know. He's never getting you back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this was not in writing. My signature is not on here. Yes. And even if it was, I'd have found a loophole. Yeah, she's good. She fits right in. And I think that's the key is if you can find people that – she, you know, she went to culinary school and she learned to bake, but, you know, she learned a lot of, she has to learn my style. And right. early on, she pointed out that I was doing something frantically as normal. And I was like, you just need to learn my language. <laughs> and I mean, that's, but it's not just verbal. It's not just language in that aspect, but the way I do things, the way I handle things, the way I work with the crust. And then it was a slow process, but she got to the point where people couldn't tell whether she made the pies or I made the pies. Wow. And that was a crucial turning point. So when you're looking at bringing someone on, like what are some of the things that you're looking for that lets you know this is, that gives you some indication? I mean, you'd never know for sure until they're in there. But no, like, and you don't. what are some of the things you're looking for to indicate that this is someone who can learn how to do things our way? Well, I personally, like we sell coffee, we do other food, we do mostly pie food but right. other breakfast stuff but somebody who really has that passion for food and somebody who likes coffee i mean it's hard because i mean terry doesn't drink coffee but we don't ever make a lot of coffee well, because there you she go. doesn't drink coffee she you know she, and now she's worked with me for four years she doesn't really eat pie anymore but <laughs> she's good at what she does with the pies but typically like my son-in-law works here okay and <laughs> that's always fun but <laughs> he that, that laughter him. makes me think yes. that there's a story i should hear <laughs> so, <yeah>. so, <laughs> i keep him because he's passionate like he he was my son's best friend before he was my son-in-law he would be up all night with me in the kitchen when i was first starting and experimenting and he would taste everything and he liked he loves desserts and he loves to see it come together and, okay. and finish product and so he's really good at making all the fillings for the pot pies he loves the pork green chili. I try to keep him out of the front, but then once I put him up front with customers, now we're like, when we're here, we're like, oh, you go up front. <laughs> like, he's really good with customers. He's That's just awesome. He's got this laid back, 
but he's he's been there from the very beginning. I mean, he watched me strain raspberries through a strainer no bigger than a 50-cent piece for an entire night because I was tired and I didn't even think to go to the store to buy a bigger strainer <laughs> so it would be quicker. <laughs> That's how some of this all got started. You know what? <laughs> a, a fried brain is a real thing. Totally. We, the only people who haven't been there are people who don't care enough about anything to get there. Like that's all night. <laughs> he watched me, and at the end of it, he's like, "Why didn't you go buy a bigger strainer?" And I because like, you didn't tell me that idea what? earlier. A bigger strainer never even occurred to me. <laughs> How long were you sitting there watching me do this with that thought in your mind before you said it now? Probably a really long time because they get a good kick of watching me do some of the things that I do. They're like, "What is she up to now?" <laughs> Let's just watch. <laughs> and then what about for you personally though kind of maintaining that passion like because it is one of those things it's hard when you're doing the same thing for a certain amount of time to for it not to get kind of just be a habit just a going through the motions kind of thing how have you kept it fresh well my baker terry she when she's learned to bake like she's taken a lot of that load so and it's really difficult to run a small business because everybody's like, you need to be out of working in it and run it. So this last year and a half has been that process. But since I love baking so much and I right. love the customers so much, it's so difficult to break away and run the business. However, since I have done that a little bit, then when I do come in, like Sundays are my day, my day to bake. I have to wake my boat up at 3.30 in the morning. Sometimes I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what is the boss going to do to you? I, right? I'm like, well, I'm the only one that has to deal with my consequences if it gets busy. <laughs> and that was part of the thing today. If I would have got here on time, I would have been ready to help the customers <laughs> instead of trying to make pie and help customers. <laughs> so I do suffer for it sometimes. But it, I, love, I love coming in and being in the kitchen still. And I love what I'm doing. And breaking away and trying to be a business owner has given me that little bit of a break okay. to keep it fresh. And because when we were downtown, things were not working out for us. Every it just seemed like one thing after another. The truck was breaking, the building was breaking, everything was just it was turning into a big mess. And our business was taking a dive. It wasn't building. It wasn't growing. We weren't making money. And um, I, that was the first time I ever really thought, oh my gosh, I'm. I really had to contemplate: should I just stop? And I'm so glad that I, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to stop. I'm going to move to a smaller location. And even if I just work the truck, it'll be just the truck. And I love getting in that little pie truck and selling pie. <laughs> we we <laughs> definitely had to stop and take so a couple pictures fun. of the truck on our way in when we saw it out there. <laughs> so how long have you been at this location then? We have been here since last April. Okay. But when as soon as we moved in, oh, we were not ready. We just really thought... You move businesses, your business kind of falls off a little bit, but it just was ridiculous. We had lines out the door. There was only one person up front. Like the way we had it all scheduled was three of us were running the other shop and the truck. So we moved here and it was like, oh, we can't keep up. And like, what are we going to do? And the girls were like, if you don't hire somebody else, we're not going to. I'm like, yes, you are. You're gonna keep <laughs> you, you are mistaken. <laughs> we're just going to push through it. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, is, I guess, uh, one of the other advantages to it being largely a family thing is, oh, you might think you can quit and leave, but you're not rid of me quite that easy. So <laughs> if you I think getting out you. of this store it means you're not going to have to deal with the consequences of this. Yeah. <laughs> 
probably helps get a little bit more of the buy-in as well. It does, yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh no, <laughs> we have to live for wrath, yeah. <laughs> Now they're all having babies, so I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) we all need each other. Yes, (laughs) none of us can escape. Exactly. Oh, and so I know everything is made here, but so how much are you able to do in terms of working with kind of other people in the community as far as like sourcing for some of your stuff? Uh, Where do you? It's like the coffee I know is from Xanadu. Xanadu. We love Uh, Randy. He's great. I love working with him. And so what about uh, for the other stuff? So I see the we proudly serve thrifty ice cream and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, and that's not, I mean, it's, yeah, but it's not local, but people that have grown up here exactly. in Phoenix. It might as well downtown, be. Downtown, people didn't really know what thrifty was. But really? But we moved over here, everyone's like, <gasps> thrifty, you have thrifty? <laughs> like, everybody gets so excited. So, yeah, I don't know. It was different. It was just a different crowd downtown. Huh. For my business fair enough what uh well what kind of made it stand out as so different i think it was just well our loca it was the location it, i know that that was really a difficult location because the parking nobody knew really where to park oh. and the suicide lane for 7th street very i mean i know a lot of people and i didn't realize how many people did not come into my shop until i moved over here because over here, seventh, it's still Seventh right. Street, but you can come in exactly. and off that street. You don't have to worry about dying. So. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I I used to live right off of Seventh Avenue, and it was still one of those Crazy. things where like I wouldn't, even during times when I knew, even once I knew what the schedule was on that lane that switches directions and everything, I would still just avoid it because mm-hmm. even if I know, not everyone does, and so there's going to be someone who's not thinking and uses it as if it's still a through traffic lane. Oh, and yes. All the time. I don't know uh, how many accidents we witnessed being out and watching, and the crowd was a little bit later there, and then the residential area was a lot different, so there was more businesses we got business business oh, okay and here it's i didn't realize there's like four thousand homes in a mile radius so yeah that is a huge difference so many i didn't realize how many people would come if they were coming home like they don't want to stop unless it's super close to their house right so i really thought that we would get a lot of drive home business especially on 7th street but that that hour nobody really wants to get off the street no, so because you're not confident you'll be able to get back on yeah and so we would stay open later so our hours were until 10 because we had two restaurants by us we would get restaurants or business from humble pie but people that would go over to the main ingredient didn't even know we were there so i mean there was a whole lot of different issues and when the building started having problems and they didn't landscape the front and the front was tore up for a long time that created a really big problem for us and so, but as soon as you moved here, how were you able to kind of get the the word out to people that you were coming and have them all show up? Or was it just... Moon Valley does that all on its own. Somebody came in for breakfast that morning and told somebody else about how good the green chili was. And 30 minutes later, that woman was in here. So they all talked wow. to each other. They got me on their Facebook page immediately. And seriously, it spread fast. Which is, I mean, that's like the goal for everyone in advertising is because mm-hmm. the grassroots stuff is where people actually listen. Like, right. that's awesome. Now we had a neighbor who was waiting for us to o- open and they ended up coming in and hiring us for a backyard party. So we took the truck and we catered their party and that really helped a lot too. Like, they, just people are so willing to support the small businesses because 
there's a bunch of chains in this area. And oh, that's yeah. the difference, too, with downtown. Downtown is oversaturated with all the local places. So there's a million things to choose from gotcha. down there. And it needs to spread out because I live closer to this area. And I'm always like, there's nothing to eat. Like, there's right. nothing to eat. It's all chains. Well, so we're both locals born and raised and everything here. And we've it feels like it's something we say two or three times every podcast, how exciting it is that there are finally starting to be some non-chain things right. popping up and succeeding in Phoenix because for a city with as many people as there are here, you know there are people who are good at these things right. who just need an opportunity to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's awesome to hear about a community just so actively embracing it right. and making sure that you guys are put in a position to thrive. So in terms of the, the truck versus the brick-and-mortar location. Mm-hmm. What are kind of the differences between working out of the two of them? Do you have a preference? Which one you... They are so different. Um, downtown, for instance, we had to run the truck because the, the brick-and-mortar wasn't holding right. its own. It wasn't paying the bills. So we had to run the truck. And working the truck is... That's where I started, so it was very hard to kind of get off that um, mindset. Like, go, 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 go. You d- I never... I didn't sleep for the first three years. Um, seriously, like wow. I'd be sitting on the truck going, oh, something's not right. And I, oh, I was up for two days baking. Now I've been, dry- <laughs> I've been driving the truck. I got to the Salt River Fields Festival. But when I first started, I signed up for everything because it was still new. The food truck stuff was still right. new. And we were all trying to figure out what was going to work, what wasn't going to work, what makes money. I paid so much fees to participate in stuff. And then quickly we learned, no, like try to do a percentage of sales, only work with people that are willing to do the percentage of sales and charge you. So then I started learning that. Then I started learning, oh, maybe going to school festivals when they have cupcakes and cotton candy or popcorn doesn't work for me because those are, it's saturated with families and kids and they want something that goes farther for their money. Yeah. So my product, I had to learn what worked with my product and what didn't. And some events are great and some weren't so then I you know it just kind of trickled down and to the point where now that the shop is doing and holding its own the truck is kind of an extra special thing so we do a lot of private parties people that hire us so it's more of a catering vehicle we do do a food truck Friday and she puts on great events so we do a food truck Friday West and now we're doing the one food truck Friday Central at the North Baptist Church on Friday so between the two we do one one of each each month, and that's really our only public gigs that we do anymore, because those, it's different to be a dessert truck than it is a food truck. I was gonna say. So, what are some of the when you were ha- having to rely on the truck more? What kinds of venues and events did seem to work best for you? Well, the Salt River Fields, that big food truck festival, was okay. always good for us. Um, we loved doing that, and I still have regular customers that met us out there because we did it for the first, I think, three years that they did it. Okay. And then um, the regular stops, people that, that know we're coming. And then when I first started, I do some crazy flavors, so I thought, oh, it's a food truck, and it's like that's what it should be about, right. like my own flair, my own special flavors. But when it comes to pie, people are like, where's the apple? Where's the coconut? Where's the banana? Like, that's traditional, and I had to learn how to just kind of flip it. And so now I know what 
sells the best mm -hmm. and what people are really looking for. And then we had to do just a streamlined menu. Like, this is what we show up with every time we come. Gotcha. Because people want certain flavors. Because I would show up and be like, ah, oh, I came out here for the chocolate peanut butter and you don't have the chocolate peanut butter. And I get that because I love food. And if you don't have what I want, I can like I can lose it because I love food. So Especially much. when you like recognize the place. And you're like, oh, my gosh, last yes. time I had this and it was the best thing I'd ever eaten. Yes. And now you come out here and you don't have it for mm -hmm. me. Oh, yeah. I can get I can pitch fit really hard when it comes to food. So I love the idea of creative and kind of exotic flavor combinations. What were some of the things that you you went with on the pies that either whether they worked or not, I'm just kind of curious what you were looking Most at. Most of them worked. Like we just did the AZ Central Food and Wine experience and we did that we brought back our habanero barbecue peach and it, <laughs> it habanero <was> barbecue <laughs> peach. Yeah. It's confusing cuz people are like what kind of meats in it? And I'm like no meat, just peaches. No. <laughs> but because the word barbecue, Bar barbecue insinuates yep. meat, typically. So <laughs> people really liked it. Um, but we used a barbecue sauce with habaneros and cooked the peaches down with the barbecue oh, sauce wow. and some brown sugar. That sounds... Right? Who would I, I, I would... I, <laughs> I, I'm not good at uh, restraint, like in general when it comes to food. But like that sounds like one that I would absolutely have to try. Yeah. That, and okay. I don't know if it's because I've lived in Arizona now for so long, but I mean, I love green chilies. So we did a, and I love chilies and I love spices and I love yeah. the peppers. So we did a, um, well, and spicy sweet is just such a fun lime. thing. Ooh. Yeah. That one was really good. So we did the pecan ginger snap crust, like a layer, of, a small layer of like a key lime, a tart key lime. And then I make a mango chili with it. I've created this dark chili powder. And then I put serrano chilies in it with some um, brown sugar and cooked it all down. And wow. put it on top. And it was really funny because we did it at a pie, one of the pie socials. And we got written up as like the, the, she wouldn't even taste the pie. But we had chefs from the Hyatt sitting next to us. That everybody loved it that tried it. <laughs> it was like, it did not look pretty. <laughs> I kept trying to work on the presentation. I'm like, dude, you can't make this look pretty. But it's delicious. Like, try it. <laughs> See, and so now here is the huge advantage that... I have over the people who are listening to this podcast when we eventually post it. As I'm sitting here getting really hungry listening to these flavor combinations, I'm going to be able to buy some pie on my way out the door. <laughs> the rest of you are going to have to come down here and get it. So like, how did you go about the, like, what's the, the process for coming up with some of these flavor combinations or deciding what things you want to try? Well, sometimes... Is it just we kind of a wild hair? <laughs> yes. Or? We were experimenting in the kitchen this morning. My daughter is cracking up. She's like, I love experimenting with you because <laughs> I will tell you, I'm just really animated and I make no Like, sound effects are my thing. She's like, dude, that doesn't even fit with what you're doing. So we were, <laughs> Not the we point. were making ginger syrup and I put so much ginger in it, it wasn't even funny. But <laughs> <laughs> I love ginger, but I was like, what? No. <laughs> So sometimes it's just like, oh, I like this. Like we do an orange gin. <laughs> this is really funny how I came up with this one. Orange ginger cream pie. Ooh. So um, I did. I love this um, ginger, orange ginger dressing at, I can't even remember the name of the restaurant, but I mean, it's so good. You could drink it. Okay. And so then I started making a salad dressing that was like garlic and orange and just different stuff. And then I was one day I was like, I love that dressing so much. I was just twisting about this dressing. And I was like, how can I, ah, orange ginger cream pie. And I was like, what would that be like? So then I was <laughs> like, well, I could do a ginger cream. And then I did an orange whipped cream with like fresh oranges and okay. orange zest. And oh my gosh, that's super good. <laughs> like it's really good. There's not a whole, it doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of 
room even for the idea of like a fear of failure. It's more just, oh, we're going to try it. And if it works, <laughs> awesome. If it doesn't, yeah. eh, all right. Well, and I think that's been my biggest, that's my biggest asset. Like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I'm going to just do it. And <laughs> that whole New York attitude yeah. sunk in deep. Because like, if you like it, you like it. But if not, I don't care. And I actually have made some business cards that are not appropriate to even say on here. So... <laughs> 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 but that explains my entire the, attitude, and that the, one goes the, with the, it. The, the business card is a nice, uh, quick response to people who are wondering where to address their complaints yes. and things. Uh-huh. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yep, that's awesome, though. That so is that has that kind of always been the case for you, mm-hmm. like from the very beginning? Yeah, like and it was. Yeah, and I would say most things, like I mean, throughout my life, like suffered with self-esteem issues. Like I grew up in a really dysfunctional home. Like I could go on and on. Um, but no, nope, sorry. Now I got all to sidetrack no, that, no, no, that attitude. That's, that that, that's attitude not even, like, not even, even a sidetrack. That's perfect. Keep I, going. Like I don't like I grew up and I just, I knew how to, I know how to bake and out of anything in my entire life, like I know how to bake. And if you like it, you like it, but I, you know, I'm not going to fit everybody's needs. And so, I mean, that's the one thing I've been cocky about. Sometimes I'm like, dude, stop. I just bake. Like, <laughs> it's just a pie. <laughs> But I do feel like I have that confidence in what I do. So what kind of brought about that transition, though? Like you were talking about, where did that switch from kind of a struggle with the self-confidence to the, you know what? Forget it. If you're not going to like it, that's the end. What? Well, myself, like just in general or just with the business of knowing that I know how to bake? And well, let's go for all both of then. it. Well, yeah, yeah we we'll get deep. I- <laughs> You want to get deep? Let's do it. So, yeah, I grew up very dysfunctional. Like, you know, a lot of families, <clears throat> that seems to be the norm these days. But, um, you know, I struggle with drug addiction, alcoholism. And I got sober back in 98 the first time. Uh, relapsed. I've been sober now since two, 2000. Congratulations. That's but awesome. I would have to say that that is what's changed my self-esteem and my ability to most of the things that I've applied in my business has come from recovery. That's from awesome. Alcoholism. I mean, straight up, like, no, no doubt that that is what built me up. You know, my mom died and I knew I didn't want to die regretting everything. And that was one of the things I had to seek out and find because I was in denial about it for a long time. I just thought it was just my dysfunctional childhood. And once I got over my poor self of being raised not appropriately that I would be fine and be able to drink and have a drink once in a while or do whatever I wanted and that just was never the case I went to jail I went to hospitals like I just never could go out and have a drink so in the whole recovery process it taught me how to look people in the eyes like I always kept my my head down like I suffered with a lot of shame a lot of the things that went on when I was drinking and not showing up and doing everything wrong and screwing up left and right and everybody mad at me um so yeah that whole recovery process I you know I joined a 12-step program AA and I started learning how to chair meetings and run the meetings and that built my confidence so much that it was just like if I could get through that and I can stop doing these things and I can change my behaviors then bring it on what else can I do that is thank you so much for for sharing that that's awesome and that that makes a lot of sense though like if if you can conquer that then there's really not a whole lot left to that that can bring a heavier hammer to the battle than that one so that's fantastic and i think that with my mom dying and just 
do, doing dealing with all those issues when something bad happens around here i'm like next like okay what what's the solution we got to keep moving we gotta <laughs> that keep sense moving. of perspective is and that is like the worst thing that could have ever happened to me was my mom dying and then not long after that my nephew committed suicide and he was 19 and so between the Jeez. two of those i'm like i survived that I didn't drink. I didn't drive my car off the road. I didn't, you know, lose everything I had over those. So keep it coming because yeah. I'm going to pull up my big girl panties <laughs> and I'm going to keep going. <laughs> That's fantastic. So I'm a teacher teaching junior high kids. And like that is the one thing I wish they had was just a sense of perspective. Right. Because when you're in the middle of things, everything feels like it's the end of the world. Yes. It's like, no, no, no. I just wish you understood how little of what's happening right now you're going to even remember as a footnote of your life later right. on. And so that ability to take tragedy and have it become a source of strength is just such an incredible uh, and inspiring thing. So thank you very much for sharing it. I know. You're welcome. I know we mentioned before we started recording that one of the things we like to do is kind of this idea of life lessons and those kinds of things. <laughs> and thank you for sharing right. a few. But like, I feel like if there was going to be one takeaway from this conversation for me, it is definitely that sense of perseverance and that ability to just, you can overcome it if you keep working at it. Like mm -hmm. nothing beats you until you beat yourself. That is, right. I mean, again, thank you so much for, for your time, for meeting with us. It's been a genuine pleasure to talk with you. What about for the people who are listening, if they want to find you and follow you on social media and those kinds of things, where do they find you at? We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and it's all Mama Toledo's. It's M-A-M-M-A-T-O-L-E-D-O-S. Well, thank you again very much for your time. And with that, I guess we will say adieu. Thank you.